Welcome to the Free and Fearless podcast, where we talk about having more freedom and income than you know what to do with, creating digital products that people love, and making offers that practically sell themselves, all while serving your purpose and living your best life. Welcome to episode 25 of the Free and Fearless podcast, and thanks for being here. This is Lydia, and today I want to share some powerful business lessons that I've learned the hard way. I still keep learning new ones almost every week. I do so many things wrong, but I try to keep an open mind and realize that often, even if I might have been doing something for years, it can actually be slowing down my progress. So I ask you to do the same today. Maybe you'll listen to this episode just for fun, or maybe you'll take notes and actually do some mindset work after it because you'll realize you want to try a new way to do something in your business. It's not a tactical episode like many others, so it's totally fine if you're on the go or multitasking. I'll now share over 20 business lessons and I'm going to end with a segment that I promised in another episode. Let's dive in. First, if you try to speak to everyone, you end up speaking to no one. I'm not going to tell you to niche down. That works for some, but it doesn't for others. My point here is that you need to know who you are talking to and create content that solves their problems, to use their language, to overcome their objections with your copy, and just to help them as much as you can. Your skills and your products won't be a good fit for everyone, and that's okay. In fact, they might only serve a small group of people, but you can still build a profitable business this way. Knowing your ideal client makes your life easier too, because now it will be easier to decide what product to create, how to structure your offer, how to price it, what free content to have, and even what platform to share it on, knowing that your people hang out there. The next lesson I learned the hard way is connected to using the right tools. At first, I used the wrong ones. That was because I didn't have any budget, but also I didn't treat my work as a business. I didn't make it a priority. That's why I was dealing with a bad hosting provider for years didn't have access to quality stock images or any other graphics. I was using a free email marketing tool and wasn't growing my list. I sort of always knew what the best tools in my industry were and I knew that one day I'd invest in them, but I was putting that off for as long as possible and it cost me a lot. Because the moment I signed up for these amazing services and platforms, I never looked back. Sure, the annual payment in the first year or two wasn't easy. It was scary but it's what has allowed me to take everything else that I do online seriously and prioritize quality. Not to mention you sleep better knowing that your website won't be down, your email list is growing all the time, there are automations in place, and when something happens, you get to talk about it with the best customer support teams out there. The next business lesson is for anyone who's created or is about to create a course. Make your lectures as short and actionable as possible. Not only will this provide a better experience for your students, because no one wants to watch 40 to 60 minute videos in each lesson, but it will make things easier for you too. And one big example of that is the fact that you'll be able to quickly go back to one of your programs and update a lesson or even a whole module. I have a course that I would love to update, but it's just too much. There's a ton of content, which is also considered a mistake in the online course industry, and the videos are just too long. I can't edit a small part of them only. 
But if they were 10 to 15 minutes long, even if it means adding a few such videos on one page and considering that one lesson, well, it's super quick to make a new one and replace it. Lesson number four. Most of the things you work on in your business are only wasting your time. The sooner you ditch them and focus on the high-value activities, the better. Number five. Enter a profitable market that has a ton of demand and many problems to be solved. Sometimes choosing your niche comes down to this. Of course, you also need to be passionate about it, to know about it and have experience, but some markets just aren't that profitable or they aren't even evergreen. Number six, asking for testimonials. This is a lesson because I didn't really have any testimonials before I actually started asking for them. And if you sell products or offer any services, you need testimonials. Two years ago, I wasn't even sure how to get them. I didn't feel comfortable asking for them. And even if I had a few, I didn't display them on many places. Now I do my best to create products so good that people give me testimonials without even being asked. But there are also feedback forms inside my courses and on my website. I sometimes personally reach out to people who completed a new program and ask them what they loved about it the most. Instagram is also a good place to get testimonials in the form of comments, messages, or even on stories. People are more social there, they're willing to give credit to anyone who's helped them, and just the communication is so casual that it's often easier to get feedback there in a DM than it is to get people to fill out a survey form. And when I do get new testimonials, I share them everywhere. There's a special page about them on my blog. I add them to sales pages and checkout pages, inside promo emails, on social media, in blog posts or podcast episodes, and just anywhere where it makes sense. So if you haven't started asking for testimonials yet, what are you waiting for? Number seven, lower prices are a choice. There is no industry standard. You decide what you charge, and it's usually related to self-worth. If you want to learn more about the tendency of many business owners to underprice themselves and their work, and how to stop doing that, you can go back to episode 20. There I talk all about pricing your work on value and doubling your income. Number 8. How you manage your first thousand dollars and ten thousand dollars and a hundred thousand dollars is how you manage any other amount you ever earn. The principles of money management remain the same and it's better to learn them early on. So if you aren't budgeting, if you don't know your numbers well, if you haven't diversified your income yet, maybe you should focus on that. Number 9. Don't create the content you want, but the content your audience needs. Too many of us fall into the trap of creating and releasing stuff that we think is valuable and that we assume our audience loves, but it's simply not what they need. The goal of our free content should be to educate them, to reveal the what and why of the topic we teach, while our paid offers can reveal the how. Number 10. You don't need to be on all platforms. One main platform that you have full control over, such as your blog, podcast or YouTube channel, and one way you get to connect with your people and post regular updates, such as Instagram or Facebook, is all you need. Choosing these is based on the way your ideal clients spend time, but also what content you create and what places online you already love and know well. 11. We tend to make things complicated. My favorite example is probably website design. 
You can change it a million times, but still the best result is when you have simple design created with user experience in mind and simply allowing people to enjoy the content on your site. They aren't there for the design, but it must look good and it should function well. That, however, doesn't need to be complicated or take a lot of time. 12. Listening to the right people and investing in the right programs is key. I know it can be overwhelming. There is so much information on business out there and you find out about new people teaching business and their programs. It's easy to want to learn from them all and then to get confused when some are actually sharing the exact opposite strategies. Your mentors will change over time and that's totally fine. The people I'm admiring and learning from now are quite different from who I was listening to 5 or 7 years ago. Choose your sources of information carefully. Make sure you really resonate with what someone is teaching and like their approach before you decide to invest in their programs. And when you do invest, learn all you can and apply it all. Number 13. Some projects are better left behind. A good example is a podcast I had years ago. I released over 100 episodes and those of you who know what goes into podcasting know that this is a lot of work to say the least. That show doesn't exist anymore. The audio wasn't quality, what I talked about, even though it was about personal development and entrepreneurship, wasn't structured that well and simply doesn't align with the kind of content I want to create today and the people I want to serve. So I deleted it. Some might say this work was for nothing, but I don't think so. Because during the creation process, you often learn more about yourself, your skills and your business and you can take decisions based on that. Many course creators, for example, close the doors to some of their programs even if many more students want to enroll. That's because they have moved on from that niche or want to repurpose that content and turn it into a membership or have just decided this isn't that valuable anymore and it's not what they want to teach. The students inside the course always have access to it, but new ones simply can't join. So the lesson here is, it's okay to leave some projects behind. You don't need to continue investing all your energy into something if it doesn't light you up, isn't quality and doesn't help your audience. We often stick to it only because we started and put in the work. We think if we stop now, all this effort was for nothing. But here comes the moment to practice letting go of attachment. Being attached to a certain project and its potential result is only limiting. And here is the next big thing I've learned the hard way. Your best month ever might be when you least expect it. It can be when you're having an awful week. Or it can be when you're traveling and actually away from the laptop more than ever. It can happen when your mind isn't on the business or revenue and when you're living life to the fullest. So open yourself up to more possibility because we really do live in an abundant universe and you have no idea when your next big win will come. So don't limit yourself by thinking it will be a year or two from now. And the final business lesson I want to share with you today is that you don't need to learn things the hard way. Allow yourself to do things faster, learn from the mistakes of others, outsource what you don't have time for and find the most effective way to do what you need to do so you can get results sooner. To end this episode, let me share some of my favorite quotes from the latest book I read and which I loved, called A Hundred Million Dollar Offers by Alex Hormozzi. I'll add a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's all about sales, the right mindset and making your offers so good that people feel stupid saying no. 
These are also lessons he learned the hard way, so it fits nicely with what we just talked about. So here are some quotes. The pain is the pitch. If you can articulate the pain a prospect is feeling accurately, they will almost always buy what you're offering. A prospect must have a painful problem for us to solve and charge more for our solution. Business is hard enough and markets move quickly, so you might as well find a good market to give you a tailwind to make the process easier. There are three main markets that always exist, health, wealth and relationships. The reason that those will always exist is that there is always tremendous pain when you lack them. There is always demand for solutions to these core human pains. The goal is to find a smaller subgroup within one of those larger buckets that is growing, has the buying power and is easy to target. Getting people to buy is not the objective of a business. Making money is. And lowering price is a one-way road to destruction for most. You can only go down to zero dollars, but you go infinitely high in the other direction. If you care about your customers, you should get them as invested as humanly possible. Ideally, that means pricing your services or product in such a way that it stinks a little when they buy. That stink will force and focus their attention and their investment in your product or service. Those who pay the most, pay the most attention. And if your customers are more adherent and follow through, and if they achieve better results with your service than your competition, then you are in a very real way providing more value than anyone else. This is how you win. To charge big ticket prices, you must outwork your self-doubt. You must be so confident in your delivery because you have done it so many times that you know that this person will succeed. Experience is what gives you the conviction to ask for someone's entire year's salary as payment. You must believe so deeply in your solution that when you look at yourself in the mirror at night, alone, your conviction remains unshakable. Whenever trying to close a deal, never discount the main offer. It teaches your customers that your prices are negotiable, which is terrible. Adding bonuses to increase value to close a deal is far superior to cutting prices. It puts you in a position of strength and goodwill rather than weakness. And with that, I want today's short and sweet episode. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Free and Fearless podcast. If you loved what you heard, please tell me what your biggest breakthrough was. Share the episode on Instagram and tag me at Let's Read Success. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you want to work with me, go to letsreadsuccess.com courses to see what I offer. Thanks for tuning in again and I'll see you next time.